This episode, we are going to cover your relationship with your vet and how you can explain your decision to feed your pet, be it cat or dog, raw. The Pet Health and Happiness Podcast from Bella and Duke, keeping you at the cutting edge of pet nutrition, behavior, and health with expert interviews, mythbusters, and more to ensure your pet lives a long, happy, healthy life. It's a great topic, and what we're trying to do here is empower you with a few facts, because not all vets yet are up to speed with the latest research references and resources that we have available on our website. Uh, and in that note, we have also compiled a list of vets around the country who are very pro-raw feeding. So, Dr. Brendan, this is a great one. So many people uh, in our very friendly and welcoming Facebook group mention that their vet thinks that this or that or whichever ailment might be down to feeding raw. So they have problems swallowing the fact that people are feeding raw to their pet. It's over to you. <laughs> so, I mean, look, to forgive them tiny pieces it's you know almost ingrained into them from day one of going to university because of um, various sponsors this is what you feed you don't need to really concentrate on nutrition because you're here about the medicine um, there's vets like myself that actually know that nutrition is the first step to health you know it is the integral part that makes up you know what we love about you know our pets and if we don't do um the right thing by their nutrition we won't get that first element right and we will be continually revisiting uh, vets for that sake uh, of trying to correct the problems we've created so i think once we get beyond them having that ingrained i must say this because i think what we then just need to do is open up to them and and state the facts look as with my own health, as with my child's health, I want to feed whole foods. You know, we, we're seeing this left, right and centre, and it should be really the mainstay of what we're doing in the veterinary sector too. Um, we are talking about whole foods being much healthier than any processed diet. And if we can get that across, that should really reset the thinking of that vet in front of you. Yeah, and just to put a flag in the ground here, guys, uh, far from vet bashing or um, uh, or, <laughs> or critiquing, uh, this podcast is very much about empowering you to empower your vet. It's all. This is part of a bigger series. Uh, it's Relationships Month, and we want to help you facilitate a really positive relationship with your vet, which we believe is really possible. And, uh, and on that note, we believe building a bridge with your vet uh, rather than bashing them is really the way forward. So uh, I echo Brendan's sentiments here. Uh, we, I find it very difficult to believe that anybody who goes to university for seven years to look after animal health can, can be anything but an amazing person, including you, Brendan. So... <laughs> Well, it's only five, but we're all right. Potato, <laughs> potato. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely right. You know, the, at the end of the day, they want to do what's best by your pets. You know, they're in it for a reason, okay? And it is not a financial gain 
left, right and centre, they're thinking. It's just that there is so much else to think about that some of them don't think about nutrition. And it's the same in the medical field. There's many doctors that don't think about nutrition first and they rely on people outside of the profession quite often uh, to fill that gap, to help people with their nutrition. What would be the top points that you would want to explain? I think the first one you've already mentioned is ultimately you would like to feed them whole natural foods. I'm going to throw into that as well is we see this as a generic thumb rule is the less processed, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, also biologically appropriate, because we've got to go into the fact that, you know, their gut, their anatomy, you know, is so different from a herbivore's uh, gut. You know, there's no length for fermenting and releasing some of the nutrients that you've got to think we've got to look at biologically appropriate diets. Um, and for those, they're going to gain you know, for the carnivores, you know, to my left and right, um, we need to be thinking about the fact that they're, they're designed to get all of those nutrient factors from the meats of the animals they prey upon. Um, and, you know, all of that is in there if it's good pasture-reared, you know, outdoor, extensive, you know, you've got all of these factors that build to increasing the nutrient content of the meat. Uh, so we're looking to all of those factors to to help um, build health. Now, the other things are you will deteriorate the food if you start to process it. And that's when they have to add things back in. So we're taught at university about all of these additives to build up the nutrient content of the food to make it complete and balanced. Um, and actually, what they're doing is actually replacing the detrimental harm they've done to the food in processing it uh, by creating those extras. 100%. Um, if you look at human foods, processed foods such as cereals, quite often they say they're fortified with vitamin B and other things. That's only because they're stripped out during the processing of them. Why? Because to try and eat them in their unprocessed form, they're actually quite toxic to your gut health. So uh, I think two classic examples that we see in the pet universe are taurine and vitamin D. Taurine is very fragile. It's an essential amino acid for cats. It's not uh, for it's not for dogs or for most breeds of dogs. And it gets destroyed through heat uh, and excess processing. That's just not relevant to highly unprocessed, fresh, raw, human-grade, premium meat. Absolutely. Uh, and those, so those are the things. We can preserve the nutrient content by not processing it. Um, and that's, the, you know, people have to get their heads around that. So making a decision about uh, your vet is always a, it's about a relationship a conversation and being able to communicate well with them and you've you know whatever it's about um whether it's about food or it's about how to medicate them or it's about how to look after them or the the care you know getting across what that relationship means to you to your vet will help them understand the, the um, methods that you want to use for treatment. 
okay whether that be avoiding excessive medications for worm and flea treatments it may be to do with um you know yes the nutrient content but when it comes to um, an infection about taking some other process steps before you treat the diarrhea rather than just diving in with full-on antibiotics which most vets to be honest are trying to avoid now anyway so it's about syncing up you know getting in step what you want to happen and what your vet understands you want to happen yeah and i think you know let me circle back round to a couple of the resources we've made available, which we will put in the show notes, is on the website, we have a research resources and references page uh, with some overwhelmingly positive research for you, which debunks a lot of the main reasons that vets may uh, still think that raw is not the way forward. And if that's the case, you can share that with them. Uh, feel free to forward that to them or print it off and take it in with you. Uh, moreover, we've had uh, last year, we had probably the largest survey that's ever been taken in the British Isles uh, on pet wellness. And the statistics from that are incredible. It was 98% of raw fed pet owners saw a, an improvement in gut health uh, and toilet habits within their pet, which is huge is absolutely huge so the data is overwhelming not everyone is yet aware of it so please do share it because that will help us in our mission to actually radically improve pet health in the uk and you know we need to overcome you know some vociferous people that will use the minutest risk i mean we're talking minuscule much less risk than crossing the road with your dog risk to your health and your pet's health um, to try and say that you cannot feed a certain way when actually they're masking the risks that there are in processed foods and they're also not looking at the counter evidence and, and you know just as with your survey you mentioned just then you know dogs risk up in Helsinki did a great um, uh, look at diets and raw food feeding <clears throat> you know looking at uh, I think it was 1600 plus um, uh, uh, homes that were feeding. It was 90,000 years, you know, accumulated uh, data. Um, <clears throat> looking at everybody raw feeding from 100% down to, they thought they were raw food feeding, but they were just giving junk out of the fridge that they couldn't eat themselves. Um, and they looked at that whole range. And it was interesting to see the health benefits not just to the pet, but to the families that were feeding greater than 50% raw to their pets. Um, not only that, you know, they then isolated that it was more likely that your child going to nursery was going to bring home something that was going to risk your health far more than your pet eating raw. And that's Eat. eating raw as in waste human food from the fridge because that's the, the group that had any disease was going to be in that group that actually was less than 25% raw fed. And actually a lot of it was um, food that was just uh, scavenged from uh, the, the owners didn't want to eat it themselves anymore. Yeah, past its sell-by date. Now, uh, you be, be thoroughly reassured that 
none of you listening to this podcast, if you're feeling feeding Bella and Duke, uh, are in that category anyway. It's all premium. It's all super tested. And as long as you take basic hygiene, I mean, literally basic hygiene measures, not only are you empowering your pet's health uh, and radically improving the quality of its life, in my opinion, you will also be improving your own. Um, Brendan, do we need to cover any more points on that? Other than I seem to remember uh, one of the things that does come up quite often is uh, slight changes in blood blood results absolutely i was just going to bring that in there you know that uh, yeah once you've laid down the ground rules of your relationship and just you know with the vet and just saying this is what you want to be doing i think there are some other things that we just need to be aware of and you should always um you know just have a look at the blood parameters uh, that may be taken and this is a useful opportunity just to say to you guys um sometimes it's forgotten in the the process of trying to get um information on what's happening with your pet that you know if bloods are to be taken in order to standardize bloods, please remember, starved bloods, preferably for 12 hours, okay, <clears throat> but a morning sample as well. So that's easy because if they have their tea the night before, by the time the vets are open in the morning, it's unlikely that you, you can just miss breakfast uh, and that's them starved effectively for their blood sample in the morning. And that's how to standardize what will happen with the blood parameters, okay? So if you've had blood results given to you and there's elevations that they're worried about the kidneys or they're worried about the liver, please just take stock. Was that on a starved sample in the morning? Okay, okay. that's so the first really thing. Good point. Thank you, Brendan. After that, I think the, the um, big one is you will see in raw fed dogs, not because there's a problem with them being fed raw, but just because how the metabolism works and you know the products that are produced from using up protein and fats, that there will be some areas that are slightly elevant, elevated, okay? Compared so, to processed food dogs. Compared to processed foods, okay? Or cereal-based foods. So even if they're, you know, um, if they're, if you're putting a lot of vegetables into the diet, because I've seen some chef diet, you know, cooked food options that are being promoted out there as lower processed foods, but they are really pumping up to keep the cost down um, the amount of vegetable matter. And that's not biologically appropriate. That's just making it cost um, uh, effective for them selling you that, that, that diet. So you've got to remember, if you're feeding a biologically appropriate diet, and we've seen this, uh, Hemapet um, ran a, uh, a session of um, looking at samples that came into their lab, okay, um, about four or five years ago. Uh, and they saw that <clears throat> consistently, there were slightly elevated levels of urea and creatinine within the bloods of those dogs fed raw. Now, that does not mean the kidneys were failing. Um, and I see this in the practice, we will see them literally one or two points up, okay, um, on the either on the high end or slightly above, but not massively above the upper range of what we would consider normal for urea and creatinine within their bloods. 
Okay, and just to give context to that, everyone, that's compared to processed or cereal-fed dogs. This isn't a, it's out of the optimal range, quite the opposite. It's towards an optimal range. It's just that previously blood tests have been done on animals which have been fed processed food. So, of course, it's going to be different. So, you can be very relaxed about that. And you can very much share this information with your vet in the spirit of creating a great relationship and empowering them with the power of raw. And remember, to check the kidneys, lots of other backup information should be taken. So if you see those levels slightly raised, you know, be double checking that checking uh, some other th parameters, SDMA, urine, protein, creatinine, these things. So look at a urine sample, look at further blood tests to confirm function of the kidneys. Um, you know, look at the cell counts. If they're all within normal re ranges, there's no reason to start jumping to, to massive treatments or fluids or, you know, invasive uh, levels of change to diets based on a slightly raised urea and creatinine alone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brendan, I think uh, we've covered all of the points there. Um, I think realistically, uh, the net message is, please, please foster a great relationship with your vet. They're going to be the person who looks after your pet. So ensure you've got a great relationship. Do tell them about your decision to feed raw. Be open about it and be open about how important it is to you. Uh, Brendan's raised some really good points today. You, you've opted for a whole food diet, one which is unprocessed, one which is naturally rich in nutrients, uh, and one that's been safely handled and uh, of the highest quality. Great. And biologically appropriate. Biologically appropriate. How could I have forgotten that one? You wouldn't pop over to the zoo and see them feed, feeding hay to lions and meat to elephants. So let's feed some healthy raw meat to our cats and dogs. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.